Hello, and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we've got another album review. And Adam, I'm really excited about this one. This is an album that I probably wore the hell out <laughs> yeah. when I was a teenager. I don't know how, I don't remember how you probably were about close to 10, I think, when this album came out, so... I don't remember if you listened to it when it was going on or if it was one you had gone to uh, back later. I know of it enough. Um, I mean, I definitely probably listened to it later on, later in the 90s, uh, past its release. But um, probably I listened to it mostly because of you. This was definitely one I remember that you had on consistent rotation uh, that I, I, I always have like remembered oasis as being one of your bands and just you were you were heavy into this album and i think maybe they're one right after this but uh it was it was definitely a a john album if you will yeah so if you haven't figured out we are talking about the band oasis and we are going to be reviewing the album what's the story morning glory what is the story morning glory you think i can talk cockney the rest of the episode hey no no God damn it. We will lose <laughs> any British following we've ever had if you do that. What if I do just a, a little slight British accent instead of a Cockney one, huh? No. God damn it. Okay, fine. I thought that one was good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was, but I'm, I'm really no, no basis for comparison. So. Fine, fine. Yeah, so the album was released on October 2nd of 1995. That would have put me at about uh, just before my 15th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a fan of this band from their previous album, definitely, maybe. Oh, that was the one. Yeah, uh, it was the. It was. I remember uh, the first time I got into this band, I was probably either home alone or I was home and and you were off doing something, and I was I was watching MTV because I could only do it when our mother was not home. <laughs> and the uh, the video for their song "Live Forever" came on, and I was entranced by the song, and I I really got into the band and then really got into it when this um when this album came out mm-hmm. uh, kind of at the hi- height of the sort of brit pop invasion of the mid 90s that was it, w- it was pretty damn big between like oasis and blur uh yeah. even i mean bush you know they were grunge but you know they were you know kind of you tie into like that british invasion a little bit right and th- and those yeah other bands like that that was uh that was uh, it was a wild time john <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it had its moments. Yeah. All right, so they recorded the album actually between March and June of that year, so a eh, fairly quick turnaround. They actually recorded it at Rockfield Studios in Monmouth, Wales. Okay. Which is kind of, I looked it up, it's about about an hour or so northeast of Cardiff. Okay. It's right. It's kind of right on the border with England put out on creation records and it was produced by noel gallagher and owen morris who uh, produced quite a few other british bands but the only really one that i sort of instantly recognized was the verve the verve yeah oh yeah yeah that's right definitely remember them too there's been so there's been so much uh news and discussion about the two brothers uh, because of they're they're crazy they're they're freaking crazy yeah like i mean you know we fought as kids but not this no no <laughs> this is ridiculous yeah it's a whole other level now our family likes to make fun of uh, me and my sister just because of how much we fought when we were younger but yeah that it, this <laughs> the gallagher brothers it puts that to shame <laughs> yes it does <clears throat> y'all uh y'all look like a loving pair of siblings yeah, compared to them. Very true. Kind of an interesting thing. This album is actually the third best selling studio album in the UK. Okay, yeah, that is it's nuts. Like I I was just looking up some of the specs as to how much like it sold and particularly like in the UK and Europe, it killed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely killed yeah. it. The only two albums the only two studio albums that are above this one are Adele's Twenty One and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. That's it. Oh wow. Yeah. There are two albums that are s- better selling above them, but they're greatest hits albums. Okay. So uh, one of them's ABBA and the other one's Queen, which is completely understandable. By the way, I had no idea how much England 
loves ABBA until yeah. oh, it's, we yeah. went there last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yes. So we were in uh, our stepbrother's uh, wedding. We were there. We were in the country for that. And there was a distinct section where there, where the DJ put on like this whole ABBA medley was going on. And all of the European people just immediately flocked to the dance floor all of the American people went and sat down and were like, what the fuck are we doing right now? What's, what's happening? It was, it was, it was fun to watch, but it was strange. I remember having a conversation with, and I, I feel bad cause I cannot remember her name. She was American, uh, but I think she went to college with our stepbrother mm-hmm. and she was telling us about how she took someone from England to an American wedding. And they asked, when do they start playing the ABBA? And she was like, they don't. Unless the bride or groom specifically requested it, that's not a traditional thing. Yeah. Ugh. It is not. Yeah. Maybe it was, uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a couple. It was fun. That was fun. That was a very fun wedding, and that was fun to watch. Yes, it was. I'm, I'm shocked that, like, Fleetwood Mac's uh, Rumors hasn't sold more. But, like, well, I mean, I don't know. That That's fair enough. Well. Because that's a huge album, and I mean, well, granted, you know, whatever. But yeah, this this one, not even just, or this was also, I mean, obviously, if it was like one of the top three selling albums in the UK, um, that makes sense. But it was also, it was the best selling album of the entire decade in the UK, which is... Uh, what's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah, what's the story, Morning Glory, yeah. Yeah, okay. Which is crazy. Uh, just looking at the list, uh, Rumors is, out of all the best selling albums in the UK of all time, Rumors is number 11. Okay. All right. I mean, it's it's up there. Uh, Weirdly enough, it was beat by well, I mean, some some that make sense, like a couple of Michael Jackson albums, mm-hmm. Bad Thriller, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, but then like Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Oh, I mean, that's a that's a rumors. good album, but that's it, definitely it not is a good album. But it's not one I thought would have been best, no. you know, best selling. Yeah, definitely not best because because in the U.S., like Fleetwood, like Rumors was a was a best selling for a long time. Oh, it was a monster. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. All right, so back to our uh, band. The personnel on this album were Liam Gallagher on lead vocals and tambourine. <laughs> gotta gotta add that. <laughs> uh, Noel Gallagher on uh, guitars, lead rhythm. He kind of you know mm-hmm. bounces around. Uh, he does uh, vote. He does lead vocals on one song, which we'll talk about when we get there. Paul Bonehead Arthur's. Uh, which is unfortunate for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there is their second guitarist, Paul McGuigan? I'm guessing is how you pronounce his name. Uh, was their bass player, and then drum duties on this album were switched between uh, two people, Alan White and Tony McCarroll. Uh, there was a very sort of well known uh, issue that Oasis had with their drummer from their previous album. Uh, where he was very sort of unceremoniously fired, <laughs> so um, I'm not sure which uh, one of the, if either of those drummers became their touring drummer, mm-hmm. or if they got someone else. I actually just didn't bother to look it up. Okay, I don't know. I don't, only anyone ever really knows is the Gallagher brothers, so it yeah, really doesn't matter who else is in the band. <laughs> yep. Um, in in the U.S., this album went as high as number four on the U.S. Billboard Top 200, but okay. in many countries it hit number one. Like in the U.K., in Switzerland, Sweden, in the Spanish charts, in New Zealand, Ireland, Iceland, Canada, and Australia, it all hit uh, number one on their yeah. charts. And then also, I do want to call out, and I, I don't remember when uh, in their career they made this statement. Um, and I can't remember the exact <laughs> quote, but they compared themselves and said they were bigger than both Jesus and the Beatles. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, conceit, conceited assholes right there. That uh, that sounds like something that probably Liam said. He pro- uh, yeah, I think Noel so. Noel always seemed like, and I could be <laughs> way off, but Noel always seemed like the level-headed one. Mm-hmm. And Liam always seemed to be the one who was saying all the Atlantis shit. Yeah. I, th- I think I remember seeing, uh, just kind of like looking through stuff when I was uh, just kind of trying to look up some facts that in, in a more recent comment and maybe just something he said offhand, but I believe he said, yeah, I was high when I said that. <laughs> and I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably about right. And no one was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was an additional musician, Paul Weller, uh, who just did a few sort of guitars and, and mm. harmonicas and stuff like that. At one, so okay. uh, just someone else to list. So uh, Adam, unless you have something else, I'm ready to get into the album. 
Yeah, uh, that's it. I mean, I'm ready to, to see what this album that has done more than Jesus and the Beatles ever could, you know, what it's going to do for me. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go on like a crusade, you know, to just go let everyone know how good What's the Story Morning Glory is and spread the word. All right. Well, we uh, we start off the whole album with a uh, with an appropriately titled song called Hello. So I just find it interesting that we start off with what is essentially the beginning of Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. And it kind of builds, and then all of a sudden you get this weird little wop wop. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes into the song. And I don't know what the purpose of it is. Yeah. Um, Maybe they knew that was going to be their big single, and so they just kind of wanted to get people into that early. It? Yeah, but I don't know. I've, I've never seen that before. Uh, I probably should have said most of the songs... Actually, all of the songs were written by Noel Gallagher. Okay. Um, uh, it was very famously, he agreed to be in his brother's band uh, only on the condition that he write all the songs. Uh. Um. <laughs> yeah, wow. So they, they were already like starting off where you know they had demands <laughs> and issues. Yes. I'll, I'll be with you, but I have to be the writer. Okay, damn. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a fun little song. It's not, um, I don't know, it's not, it's not my greatest yeah yeah it's got it's got a strong you know get the heavy distorted guitar I'm, I'm you know immediately i kind of already get like some somewhat like you know a little bit more harder but like 60s 70s kind of psychedelic vibe a little bit yeah, at first yeah um and the song's decent you know i kind of honestly really forgot about it uh and right. it's fine it's not one i'm probably going to go back into and listen to very often but it's just right. fine it's a fine song yeah yeah but um, I've, I've got a question for you john would you ever be yeah. in a band with me because we were never in a band. Uh, what would you be doing in this band? Tambourine, just just sure. like uh, Liam, I think. Ju- <laughs> you said Liam Gallagher. Just just tambourine. I mean, I I can sing okay, maybe. Sure. Okay. Sweet. You can do all the work. I just want to come and sing in tambourine, and that's it. You you so so exactly like Oasis. Yes. So you have to do all the writing. <laughs> you have to do everything, and then I just be you know the beautiful face and the voice that's not all that good. Uh, yeah, and that's that. <laughs> our uh, our definition of beautiful is different. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> is it me you're uh, looking for? Sorry, that's Adele. That's not that's that's a different no, British. That's that's not even Adele, that's Lionel Richie. Hello. Oh, that's right. It is Lionel Richie. (laughs) What did did she do? Oh, she did Hello from the Other Side. Hello from the other side, Jamona. See, I would be a good singer. We could do that. We could just 
Just songs with a hello in it. <laughs> we could the Hello Boys. We should just do songs, and we'll do like the Pearl Jam version. Of yeah, because that seems to be right. That seems to be your wheelhouse. Hello random. from the other side. Yeah, I could do that <laughs> with the uh, random Michael Jackson's thrown in. Oh, I love. I, 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 my wife hates that I do that, but I add like a <laughs> like a jamona into almost every song that I'm singing. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It could, it Can could you do a hee-hee. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not much of a hee-hee, but I'm, I'm a Jamona. Like, that's, that's my okay. thing. And so it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it could be, you know, like a passionate song that I'm just right. looking deep into her eyes, <laughs> you know. And I'll just be like, hello, is it me you're looking for, Jamona? And then I just keep going. <laughs> like, she, she hates it. She absolutely hates it. But I love it. I, I, think, I think it's one of those uh, words that they, they, it should be added into almost every album throughout history because it, it just gets a little good, good flair. It has nothing to do with uh, Oasis. <laughs> but we went on that's a tangent right. on hello. It's, <laughs> like, that's, a, it's, that's an insight into your life that I think we all needed. Yeah, very likely. All right. Well, let's say goodbye to hello. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to be that cheesy. That's nah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> I was just, John, I was just going to roll with it, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> let's roll into Roll With It. This one's kind of a bop. Yeah, definitely a bop. It it, it moves pretty well. It uh, it kind of seems very reminiscent of maybe the early '60s or late '50s sort of uh, rock and roll bop songs, just with a sort of '90s edge to it. Yeah. Like I find myself wanting to do the sort of ubiquitous. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. See, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like moving moving side to side, <laughs> like you know one of those little you know teeny boppers from like the Beatles that kind right. of works really well. Yeah, with this song. Um, it's it's fine. It, again, I, the, most of the, I would say this, the majority, vast majority of songs on this album are fairly simple in their composition. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, seemed, simple, it seemed like it. They st- generally start out with some guitar chords. Most of them start out that way in some fashion or another. Uh, simple progressions, nothing terribly difficult, um, nothing really crazy with the vocals, simple melodies, uh, easy to understand words, um, which is is nice because Liam Gallagher has a fairly not I wouldn't say he's got a thick accent. Mm-hmm. You can still you can still hear the the Britishisms in his voice when he's singing. Sometimes you, we get uh, people over from Britain and people will be surprised that they're from Britain because they sing with sort of an Americanized Midwestern accent. <laughs> and in some cases, I think that's intentional. And in some cases, the cases I think it's just a a matter of the process of what kind of songs they're singing, yeah. and I think they just generally sing it that way. And that's not not to dog on it or anything. It's just a, a process that some of them go through that get them to that final sound. Yeah, I, I, I did always. Yeah, I wasn't always sure why some people sang like without their accents, but I, I mean, I I get it. And some people could probably just sing that way. I think that makes sense. You know, well, it, and no different than the way I add my jam owns. <laughs> And in some cases, uh, I know it's because they're trying to get more articulation out of mm. their voice when they're singing. And, and in, uh, you know, sort of the Midwestern American accent, it is that. It's it's very sort of straight and narrow, articulating everything that you say. Yeah. And I think that is, that's sort of why some of that comes out. Yeah. Uh, but I, have, I don't really have any problem understanding most of what Liam is saying, so, which no. is nice because you get you definitely hear the – the British in his voice, but you can still understand everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, um, I actually I like this song better than Hello. Uh, I, I think it's. it's I would got, agree with that. It's got a good cadence. Um, yes, I, I like I like the just the vocals and just kind of exactly the, everything that you put onto it. I actually probably honestly would have preferred if this was the opening song. I think it just kind of would have gotten me into the album a little bit better. 
then okay. hello. Um, yeah, this is actually, this was the, they put out like five or six singles from this album. Not, mm-hmm. not just in the yeah. UK, but this was uh, the second single of the album, which did peak at number two in the UK and number one in Scotland. Oh, yeah. go Scotland. Yeah. What did it, what did it get to in the US? Uh, it peaked at, uh, I don't think it went into the US. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really remember it being a single here in the US. I, I remember... Actually, I really only remember three of the songs being big singles in the U.S. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. This was a huge, huge fucking song in the '90s. Yes, it was. And it got it, it. To me, it was one of those that just got so overplayed that I started to just almost just feel disdain for the song <laughs> because it was just so overplayed. I don't know if I ever felt disdain for the song, but there was it was definitely oversaturated. Yeah. And uh, but it's uh, and you know I I know it it got termed recently turned into a meme, but. It really is a good song. Yeah, listening to it again, you know, it's 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 a pretty it's a catchy song. It might be a little too repetitive, but in general, I mean, I can see why it was so big. It is a solid song. Um, what is does surprise me though, you know, this is the fourth single from the album, um, and it it peaked at number eight in the U.S. and number two in the U.K. I'm kind of yeah. shocked. I'm shocked that it wasn't bigger than that because I remember how oversaturated it was that I thought it was honestly a bigger song than eight in the U.S. and two in the U.K. It probably depends on what else was being released at that same time. Yeah, I guess so. But like when I think Oasis, Wonderwall is obviously the first thing I think of. Like it's right away. There's yeah. no, like, And so just to know that this wasn't even like a number one hit for them, I just, I don't know. I find that interesting. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Would say without looking to see it's, what else was. It's just a wonder. It's just a wonder. Wall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is gonna be. This gonna be a long day, folks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are we moving on from Wonderwall? <laughs> yeah. You want me to try yeah, and find out so. some other puns? I can figure it out. No, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, which was don't look back in anger. Oh, well, actually, 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 there's there's something I do want to to bring up okay. before we head off. Uh, it's the music video. So, the music video was very meh, and I'm not bringing it up because this was a good music video. It was a very meh music video. Like it was, I do remember it was in black and white. Uh, there was kind of mm-hmm. like just a lot of random things happening, and they were, they were just kind of singing and playing, and then like random shit happened in between it and that was kind of like mostly the gist of any of their music videos because i rewatched like eh, maybe three or four music videos from that came out from this album and they were not good music video people they you know their (laughs) stuff their stuff was very boring and just very blah you know it it was not visually interesting it was just like all right here we are going to be singing you know in front of the camera and then maybe some other shit will happen in there maybe not but mostly not uh, and so I was honestly pretty pretty disappointed. I mean, I, I think this is the one where, no, no, no. I think it's another one where he's like sitting in the chair. That's the one I kind of really remember. Um, no, I think that's this one. Oh, that is, okay, that might be this one. Where so, yeah. he's just sitting in the chair just, playing guitar. Just sitting in the chair, yeah. And it's just like, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's I nothing special one. about it. Nothing special. All right. Well, let's head on to the number four song in the album, which is "Don't Look Back in Anger." place to play you say 
Don't Look Back in Anger was the fifth single from the album. And this one actually hit number one in the UK. So it, it charted higher mm-hmm. in the UK than Wonderwall did. But um, it also hit number one in Ireland. But in the US, it only hit 55 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. So. See, this is a song that uh, this was at the time that this album was out, this was probably my favorite song. Yeah, just, I, and, I kind of put and, that as a note too. And before, even before it came out as a single. Okay. Oh, I okay. Kinda had, I'd, I'd already gone through the album uh, several mm. times and mm-hmm. had picked this one out as being one of my favorites. Now, I would probably list it number two. Yeah, it, it's it's in my top one or two. I like it definitely better than Wonderwall, personally. Um, mm. But yeah, there's a later one that I think might actually be my favorite. I'm curious yeah, if, if, if we have the same one. Um, and, you know, yeah, this was a Possibly. big this was a big hit, and it's nice. It's a pretty chill song. I, kinda, I like the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only one where it's actually Noel Gallagher singing lead. Oh, and it sounds good. Yeah. Uh, okay. you can t- I mean, you can hear the difference. I think at the time I just thought, well, they recorded that weird. Why does Liam's voice sound so, like, muted and heavier? Because mm-hmm. it's not Liam. It's Noel. Okay. So no. it's him singing lead. It's the only. It's the only one on this album uh, where he actually does sing lead. Yeah, no, that works. Um, it, uh, yeah, it, it sounds good. I mean, it kind of proves that they don't really even need Liam, or like they didn't, and then and once they got <laughs> rid of him, like they were probably still doing just fine. Right. <laughs> well, uh, very famously, when they went to go do their MTV Unplugged uh, episode, Liam showed up saying he couldn't sing because his throat was sore or something like that. And, <laughs> But they went ahead and did it anyway. Just Noel just sang all the songs. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Liam just sort of sat in the corner, sulking with his sunglasses on. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I know it was. It was a huge fiasco. Uh, they're just whiny babies. You may or may not know that this actually became an anthem uh, just recently last year during the Manchester bombings. I don't. Oh no! At the Ariana at the Ariana Grande concert. Yeah, I mean, I remember the the bombings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. there was a very publicized, not publicized. There was a televised moment of silence that was happening, and the the I forget what channel or what what UK channel they showed it on. You know, news clips here, and it's uh, it's just you know, it's a it's a video of people who are just kind of observing the moment of silence, and then when the moment of silence is over. Somebody in the crowd starts singing this song, and the entire crowd picks it up. Mm. And it became the anthem for the Manchester bombing when they had, when, when Ariana Grande went back and had her sort of benefit concert, she sang this song with Chris Martin from Coldplay as like one of the last songs of the concert. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. How I found out about that was I was actually reading an, an interview with Noel Gallagher who mentioned that he was just sitting at home and he had the news on because, you know, Manchester is where this band came from. They mm-hmm. originated in Manchester and all of a sudden he heard his song come out of the out of the crowd and nice. he was he was he was shocked by it so um i thought it was very you know kind of uh, very interesting and and I, I honestly i thought a very poignant song yeah i agree i absolutely agree um less poignant is the music video <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote down i wrote down uh very similar uh the the music video is meh it's basically the guys just playing the song around this fancy British house. And that's about it. Uh, And then (laughs) my only other note is, you know, those like circle, like kind of tinted glasses that, you know, that they definitely wore in Oasis and kind of like where it was a John Lennon-y kind of look as well. Yeah. I think they look awful on anyone. I think they're, (laughs) uh, they're just terrible looking glasses. I'm sorry. No one is pulling it off. If you think you're pulling off the circle glasses, you're not. They look (laughs) dumb. If they're regular glasses, sure, I'll allow it. But as sunglasses or like, you know, colored glasses, they look awful. Just stop doing it, people. I don't care if you're British. You're not (laughs) pulling it off. So. And that's been our fashion minute for that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Hey, now. Hey, now. Let's Let's move on to the next song. 
this is another one where I'd say it's a fine song. Yeah. But yeah. it's definitely not one that uh, I go I go out of my way to listen to. Yeah. Now I wrote I think my least amount of words for any notes I wrote on this song. <laughs> I wrote song is solid. A little long. Nothing <laughs> And then nothing special. <laughs> and that was that was it. <laughs> like it, 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 it's yeah, it's too long. It's yeah. it's decent. It's a decent song, but it's just kind of it's kind of there. It's just kind of filler. Yeah. Well, this one clocks in at like five minutes forty one seconds. That's it's a fair. That's a long song. Yeah, absolutely. And for um, one that just it, it felt, I don't know. Yeah, there was really nothing else to it that I was just like, all right, I'm I'm kind of ready to move on. If I'm doing a rundown of the album, uh, I won't skip it. I'll just let it run. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it's definitely not one I seek out. No, definitely. But yeah, I agree. It's 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 not so bad you have to skip it because it's not bad. Not bad by any means, no. but it's just kind of there. Yeah, and a little repetitive. Yes, yeah. All right, so the next track on the album is called Untitled, and if you're okay, Adam, I'm just going to skip that one. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about it? There's really no need. It's just like a 40-second sort of musical it's just just a little interlude interlude. i mean there's like a there's a harmonica in there and i appreciate harmonica uh and that's that's about it i appreciate it too but it really it really serves no purpose yeah yeah okay other than to just get us to the next song yeah i agree that this one and then the other one the two the two untitled are just worthless in this album there's just i don't know why they put them in there what they thought was so special about it were they being unique uh they probably think they're such great storytellers um and (laughs) The, the, the swamp songs or whatever, because they they're also they're they're nicknamed as the swamp 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 song excerpt one and excerpt two is kind of what they're called, yeah. but they're the, the, they're nothing. The the second one I can understand because it sort of the sound of it leads us into the end song. Yeah. How however, it seems it it still seems unnecessary. So I think yeah. in fact are, are we we've gonna, spent more time. Are we gonna talk about talk, that other one? N- uh, no. I we've spent I don't think so. I mean okay. unless you really want to. No. We spent I, more time uh, now talking about the song than the song actually lasts. True. Probably actually longer than both of them last uh <laughs> which I was wrong the the second untitled was the shortest note I wrote for any of them. Uh and it's a single word and it just says skip. <laughs> that's, that's all I wrote for my note for the second untitled. So yeah, let's let's not talk about that shit anymore cuz yeah, we've already okay. talked plenty. <laughs> All right. And we're going to go into the next song in the album, which is Some Might Say. I like this one. Yeah, me too. It's upbeat. Uh, it's upbeat. It's very like you know that Brit pop, very catchy. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, it actually. So it was the. This was the first single from this album, and uh, it actually it hit number one in the UK as well. So I don't think it, okay. I don't think it was released as a single in the US, or at least it didn't chart. But mm-hmm. um, this was a strong hit in the UK for sure. Like all of their songs, fairly simple in its composition. Yeah fairly simple in its melody and its lyrics it's not a heavy rocking song it's not a laid-back song it's kind of in that middle ground like a it's a walking song yeah yeah it's uh it basically if i can take the song and insert it to the walking scene from staying alive (laughs) or saturday night fever i should say yeah then it then it kind of works as a walking song and this is definitely one that uh yeah it's catchy. It works with that. It's good. Uh, the other other note I w- wrote was a music video, also very basic, <laughs> just on this one. <laughs> Another just like yeah, nothing. Yeah, these ugh, I do not like their music videos, but 
Yeah, the song the song is solid. It is long on the on the yeah. five. It's five twenty nine is what I see yeah. it clocked at, and that is just yeah, that is fine. Yeah, it's just kind of a good song, but it's probably not. You know, it's probably a little too long for mm. for what I would well, want. We're also still in the world of the guitar solo, mm-hmm. and in some cases you still get uh, songs that would run longer than normal radio hits because instead of a instead of a bridge. Or for the bridge, a lot of times nowadays they'll use a guitar, or then they would have used a guitar solo, or they would have added a guitar solo and then a bridge, yeah. which just makes it even longer. Yeah. Um, part of me misses the guitar solo. I mean, we just don't really get it anymore. True. True. I but mean, it it has to be done. It has to be done well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know. I mean, there I are fe- songs that I could not listen to if you took the guitar solos out because it's just too much a part of the song. Yeah. I mean, something, something like, uh, even like, you know, the King of Pop, uh, beat it's, you know, beat it's guitar solo, like really enhances that song. Right. And if, and if that wasn't there, the song wouldn't be as good. Or you get something like Freebird, which has a very, very long, long uh, guitar solo and that's just kind of part of Skinnerd style but like that Skinnerd guitar solo in Freebird is just it's so like iconic very similar with Beat It and a lot of other ones that you know they they do such a good job you you have to keep them that way I find it interesting just to kind of go on a guitar solo rant. <laughs> the uh-huh. ones that, you know, there are certain jam bands and bands that like, you know, they have their guitar solos that, you know, you, you can, the, the guitarist can kind of do whatever the hell they want, you know, it, right. during a live concert and it works just fine. you know, it just, as long as it kind of fits with that song, but then, then, they, but then there are some just, you know, those interlude guitar solos within a song that have become so iconic that the guitarist has to re- memorize like note for note and do the right. exact same solo each time where, you know, they don't, they don't get to have the creative freedom. Um, yeah. but that's just, that's part of the game. Yep. So like I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure slash has to play the guitar solo from a November rain the yes. same way. Absolutely. At least he has, at least he has to get the bulk of it. Right. And he has to do like that lean back with the guitar up in the air from like, the music. <laughs> he has to do it exactly that same way. So let's talk about Cast No Shadow. Here's a thought for every man who tries to understand what is in his hands. He walks along the open road of love and life, surviving if he can. Best use of sleigh bells in a song ever. <laughs> I didn't think I even really noticed that, but yeah, 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 that's good. I like that. So, Adam, you might be surprised to hear this. This is my number one favorite song on this album. I am. I, I thought you were going to, because mine hasn't appeared yet, so um, I'll wait to say mine. But okay. that is interesting. Okay, this is, I mean, this one's good. I do like this song. It's a good, it's a cool choice. So the reason that this one is my favorite you remember the sleigh bells? Uh, you love sleigh bells, John. I, God, I can't get enough You got bells, those man. sleigh bells ringling, ting, ting, tingling, John. Do, do. That's about it. Jam on. 
Jamon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Song's not done until you say Jamon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember when we talked about Blues Traveler, how you kind of talked about you had that song, I think it was The Mountains Went Again, yes. that you would walk around, and that was your sort of in, yep. uh, in, introspective song? This song is that for me. Oh, okay. Okay, very this cool. This is a song, especially especially after I sort of rediscovered it uh, later in high school and in early college, this is a song I would go back to if I just wanted to put on headphones and I wanted to kind of just sort of get inside my head and, and just um, – there was uh, where we went to college. There was an area past where the intramural fields were that had mm-hmm. hiking trails, mm-hmm. and I would go out there and I would just sort of walk the hiking trails and take my headphones and and listen to this album, and and I would probably repeat this song two or three times. Nice as I was walking. So that was it. Just became a sort of an introspective song for me. Yeah. Uh, hey, I I have a few of them like that. Uh, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, when those ones they 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 just mean something to you different than they mean to other people, or that other right. songs, even like the big poppy ones, mean to you. So, right, that's great. So. I will say when I when I first heard this song again, because this isn't one I, I I really remembered. But once I started it off, I was like, wait a minute, did they just like take Wonderwall and then turn it from major to minor chords? And like that's that was the opening. <laughs> like it was, it seemed very similar. Like just that it's, opening part. They're, they're using basically a very similar harmonic rhythm. Okay. To make it sound like it's it's it does it does open as sort of a similar song. However, once everything else kicks in, yes, you can definitely hear. You know, when Liam comes in, it's not the same song. No, not a, not at all. But it's just but like yes, those first intro, few seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the intro. If you're not paying attention, you might think that you had accidentally skipped back to Wonderwall or something mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah. But no, it's a good so. good good choice, John. I like that. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead to She's Electric. Boogie woogie woogie woogie. She's in a family full of eccentrics She's done things I've never expected Another one that's sort of a, a reminiscent bop sounding song. Yeah, for Kinda, sure. You know, takes us back to the maybe the fifties and sixties a little bit. Um, the one complaint I have about this song because th- it's pretty catchy and it's you know mm-hmm. it's not terribly long. I mean, it, I guess it is just under four minutes. That, but for them, that's still pretty short. Yeah. Um, the one complaint I have is is some of the lyrics are stupid. I wrote yeah I wrote down <laughs> there's some it's some funny interesting lyrics in this song absolutely. Uh, yeah, the song, the song is, uh, it's, it's definitely enjoyable though. Um, yeah. I, I definitely like it. I kind of, for some reason, this is one that I kind of remembered. I just kind of forgot about it. And then I like listening to it again. I'm like, oh yeah, this one this is silly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Some, some, <laughs> definitely some weird lyrics. Um, yeah, there's really not much more to say about it. I mean, it is, it's, uh, it's got a very upbeat, happy tone. Mm-hmm. I really have not much more to say about this. I yeah. feel I feel uh, shitty for not really having much to say, but again, they're all very simple. Yes, they—they—they are simple. They—you kind of, honestly, uh, some of them are getting kind of muddled together, uh-huh. just because just because they, there are a lot of similar sounds to to their style, right? Um, but you know, it's it's fine. It does make it flow easy enough. You know, mm-hmm. it could just be, just you know. So they're all very similar stuff, so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's enjo- this one I do find it enjoyable. It is boppy. Um, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the next song. Before we do, I'm going to venture a guess. Because if I was going to list my top three Oasis songs, I probably would have put, I would put Cast No Shadow at number one for reasons I've already stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't look back in anger just because I think it's a masterful song. Mm-hmm. I would put this one at number three, and I'm guessing this is your number one. You're correct. <laughs> wow. Yes. You know me so well. 
yes, Morning Glory was the one that I kind of put put out that I was like, you know, oh, I, this was another one that I kind of forgot about, but like this is actually probably my favorite one from the entire album doing this re-listen. And it's just like, yeah, there's there's something really good about Morning Glory. Yeah, there's there's something very alternative about this specific song. It just it's a little mm-hmm. bit you know harder, but a little bit more like that alt rock that I did like. It kind of reminds me of, I don't know, just yeah, some of those other bands that I was listening to, uh, probably around the time I listened to this album more than anything else, which was like I don't know some stuff like Our Lady Peace or um, right. other things like that that were very alternative, like late '90s, early 2000s alternative bands, um, and you know live even and stuff like that, um, but. This yeah, this song I don't know what it is. It just it's I think it's a quite enjoyable. Um, you know I, I kind of kind of did forget about it until it popped up and I was just like oh fuck yes. Um, it was a single that they put out. It was the third single of the album and mm-hmm. it hit tw- number twenty four on the U S alternative charts. I don't think it hit on like the uh, the, the Hot one hundred charts and it yeah. only got up to like one forty seven in the U K. So it wasn't okay. a major hit at all, but um, it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, it's definitely their most driving song mm-hmm. in the set. You know, it's 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 the one that kind of makes you want to get up and go. Uh, so Noel Gallagher uh, claims that while he, he wrote part of this song while he was drunk. <laughs> I bet he I, he seems like he was the kind of guy who was drunk a lot. Yes. Both of them, and- honestly. <laughs> well, maybe one was high, one was drunk. Right. Well, and then uh, part of the lyrics were inspired by when he used to go out walking, he'd listen to a Walkman and do cocaine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So there's a, um, you know, we, we talked about the, the line, when you're chained to the mirror and the razor blade. Ah, ah, I get it. Yeah, I get it now. When you're chained to the mirror and the razor blade and snorting coke up your nose <laughs> until it blades. I don't think that was the actual lyric, but it, it worked. No. Honestly, I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed, Adam. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I think actually, Noel Gallagher actually, looking back, thinks that some of the lyrics he wrote here were pretty bad. Okay. But, uh, I actually really enjoyed the song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. All right. So we're gonna skip the next untitled one because we've already talked about those. Yes. And all of a sudden, we're at the last song of the album. Yes, we are. Time to get drunk, John. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go exactly. We're gonna get we're gonna go out in a blaze of glory and get drunk, eh? On a on a champagne supernova. There it is. Okay. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Where were you while we were getting high? Slowly walking down the hall, faster than. Uh, so this was this was their sixth and I think final single from the album. It uh, Champagne Supernova peaked at number twenty on the uh, U.S. Hot 100, 
Though, again, similar enough, I kind of thought it might have been higher. Because uh, this one, another one was, this was obviously like one of their other big hits. Like to me, it's Wonderwall is definitely their biggest hit from this album. And then Champagne Supernova is like right behind it because it got a lot mm-hmm. of play as well. Oh my God, did it get a lot of play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was actually <laughs> never a song I particularly cared for. And I was actually kind of annoyed when it became a, a big radio hit. I'm like, <laughs> oh, why this song? Yeah, I, I don't dislike it. I mean, it, it did definitely got annoying at a point, and then after a while, uh, you know, it, it's it, I'm okay listening to it again. Mm-hmm. You know, it does it doesn't anger me, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm not looking back in anger anymore, John. And I'm uh, embracing <laughs> the champagne. No, go, going back and listening to it, I can I can yeah. totally get through it and listen without any problems. I just remember at the time being really annoyed that one of my least favorite songs on the album at the time. Uh, had turned into a single because I was like, oh, this one's so annoying. <laughs> I have no problems with it now, but. Yeah, this is, uh, I do remember the music video a good bit from this uh, this one. This is actually probably the most different music video of any other other ones that they had. This one was very psychedelic, I kind of uh, remember. Um, you know, they were kind of just. Well, yeah, the this was the, very this, psychedelic. This was the one, yeah, it is very psychedelic. This is the one that starts off with, I think it's Liam. Um, in the chair with like there's like this psychedelic thing behind oh, him and like the camera's like yes. spinning all around and like there's there's this is probably the most famous music video yeah because the this one's the one with the chair and the and the spinning okay um, well because but, what what mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize what you were talking about because in the video for Wonderwall the opening of it is Noel Gallagher sitting in a chair playing oh, guitar probably, uh, yeah yeah well this that's not like an iconic chair or looking like this one is like like a very um, symmetrical shot dead center with yeah. a chair with like this psychedelic psychedelic shit behind him yeah um but yes, there's that. something there's something that bugs the fuck out of me in Uh-oh. this music video um and that would be liam's unibrow Ugh, <laughs> it's so it's so just just shave that shit man go waxing it does not look good and again he's got those stupid fucking glasses on and it's just like just just shave your unibrow, man. You're not. You could be a not terrible looking guy, and I'm sure you know that's coming from me. That's stupid because I'm sure he got all the ladies, and I did. You know, I didn't. But he looks. Ugh, that unibrow is rough. <laughs> it's a rough <laughs> unibrow, and I don't know if I can get past it anymore. Like I, I want to plug out the hairs from it and then stuff my ears in it so I don't have to listen to it and see his shit. Uh, like the the song's fine though, but. Um, I just, I can't get past the music video anymore. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at that music video ever again. The song. Yeah. As I mentioned, the song is very sort of uh, psychedelic itself, Yeah, uh, which does, it does make it for a, a, a nice change. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. There's something about the song just never really sat right with me originally. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Overall thoughts. You know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and dive mine in. Sure. Um, I, I kind of, I thought that the album was good and it was definitely consistent um, yeah. I, maybe it was too consistent. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel that there was much musical variation on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, all right, we're going to get every guitar sounds almost exactly the same on every single song. You know, we're kind of using the exact same, you know, distorted sound and, and those same chords. Right. Um, I can absolutely hear the influence of the Beatles and, you know, that there's, there's definitely part of that was, especially with some of like the, uh, the more boppy ones that we were hearing. Right. Um, but John, I'm not actually a huge fan of the Beatles. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I respect the Beatles. I just don't love a lot of their music. I, I, I like most of their music. Are you um, a, are you a Stones kind of guy? I'm a Who man. It's all oh, about the who, who man. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Who man. You're a Who man. I'm a Who villain. Um, but, uh, yeah, but so I, I think this album is fine, but this is actually probably not one that I will be going back and like listening to very often. Uh, I have mm-hmm. qu- I have quite a few of the um, of Oasis's albums. Probably have like four or five, but like I haven't listened to an Oasis album in a long time. So this, this is was interesting <laughs> to go back to it. So I was just kind of like, oh okay, oh yeah, that's a band, and yeah. that, that's about it. Yeah, I, I uh, largely I kind of feel the same way. I found mm. myself after having gone back to listen to the whole album once through. When I went back again, I just ended up cherry picking the songs I wanted to listen to and not really pulling everything out again because I thought oh, I'll listen to it all the way a couple times, 
and once was enough. Yeah. Once all the way through was enough. After that, I would just skip around to the ones I wanted to hear at whatever time. Um, which largely, I mean, there's there's a lot of songs that I go back to on this one. Uh, Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Cast No Shadow, Morning Glory for sure. Sometimes Champagne Supernova. And maybe She's Electric if I'm in the mood for it. But okay. Largely the other ones I just tend to skip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're all fine besides like the untitled, the untitled's definitely skip those, but everything else is, is fine and it's definitely listenable, but it to me, to me, it's not a standout album and it's not one that I feel probably should have sold as well as it did, but whatever it was, those British people spoke to it. They must've loved the, those round glasses and unibrows. Yeah, yeah. yeah that had to be it. <laughs> So something I actually forgot to mention, I was going to say this when we talked about it, way back to going back to the very first song. And I want to throw this in just because I I find it interesting. So Noel Gallagher did write that song, but also credited, and I don't know if he wrote the song with this person or if he used something that caused him to have to, uh, uh, have to credit him in it. But mm-hmm. as credit as, as one of the songwriters is a guy named Gary Glitter. Oh and yeah, that, from uh, the the he did uh, Hey. Yeah, right? the, well we we most uh, anyone who's ever been to a high school football game <laughs> knows it as the Hey song. Yeah, uh, it's technically called like Rock and Roll Part Two or something like that. Okay. Yeah, he's the he's the one who wrote that song. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a diddler, wasn't he? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a registered sex. At least, at least something. accused. At least accused. Uh, chi- he had child pornography on his. Oh, okay, his All right, so he wasn't a diddler, but he, he yeah, he was a looker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's creepy. That sounded bad. It sounds worse the way I put it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Can we end on a different note than that? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, don't look back in anger. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm not, <laughs> okay. Hey, now, don't gonna, look back in anger. Just I'm roll, with, roll it. with it. This, <laughs> yeah, some might say go. this Wonderwall casts no shadow, but I'm telling you, Morning Glory, she's electric. Well Champagne done, Supernova. <laughs> Just throw, add it in there. All right, that'll play. Please join us next time as we break down the 1992 film Fern Gully, discuss the 90s TV show Captain Planet and the Planeteers, and we do a live-action casting of Fern Gully. Big news, Blast From Our Past is now on Spotify, so you can find us on that and all other podcasting platforms. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on most social media at at BlastPastCast, including, if you'd like to support us, you can search for that on Patreon. And you can always email us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.